Well, we've been, uh, since the beginning of the year, talking about how to, you know, victorious end-time living. And um, <clears throat> so we're going to kind of wrap that up today, I believe, just kind of had that in my heart just to, it's not like you totally unhook <laughs> from this subject, because uh, everything we do, as far as I'm concerned, uh, since we're in the end times, right, has to do with uh, uh, how to more effectively and victoriously live and walk in this hour before the Lord's return. And so um, I, you know, I've, I've enjoyed this series. I hope you have. And uh, if, you, if you miss some, you can go back on, you know, to our website or on YouTube or whatever and, and uh, check those services out because we've just dealt with different areas. I believe the Lord laid on my heart that are, you know, based in the Word, uh, areas where we, we can just have more of a prepared heart. You know, Jesus doesn't, he didn't share anything. And I trust I haven't, I, hadn't, I didn't share anything in line with the word that would scare, should scare anybody. Nobody should get scared about the last days if you're a child of God. But it's not there to scare, it's there to prepare. <laughs> uh, it's good to be prepared to live uh, victoriously so that when the Lord comes, you know, he finds us faithful. You know, and we're not ashamed, like, you know, the, John said, don't be, we don't want to be ashamed at his coming. Uh, you know, we, we don't want to be found that way. We want to be found uh, right in the middle of the will of God and being doers of the word of God. Um, but praise God, we are in the last days, right? Uh, I trust you know that from the word and just by, you know, the signs of the times. And, um, and many of us can just sense that, <clears throat> where the time and season that we're in. And the Lord is coming. You know, Jesus is coming soon. Um, but, you know, the end of time, or we say the, the last days, the, you know, end times, it's not the end of everything. In one sense, it's the beginning. <laughs> when Jesus comes for the church and, and then at his second coming seven years later. You know, I, I found a quote from John G. Lake. Uh, he said, well, the Lord, the Lord told him one time, he said, whenever you stop, uh, whenever you step, I'm sorry, from this life to the next, you will, you will have only just begun. So think about that. We're, really, this time we have right here, is, it, it is important, obviously. It's, our, it's our, the one life we have on this planet to, you know, to uh, receive Jesus, walk with, you know, walk with the Lord, um, rule and reign, learn to rule and reign here so we can rule and reign with him forever. And uh, so really this is a, prep, a preparation time, a reigning training time down here. As a child of God, certainly you know, we need to get other people into the kingdom of God. That's part of our, our purpose as well. So we have purpose in being here. This supernatural, it's eternal. And, uh, but, but understanding also this is such a brief period that we're here. It's just a wisp of time, a breath of time in comparison to uh, the time we're going to be having, you know, in the future uh, with God and with fulfilling his purpose and plan forever. And uh, so it's exciting to be able to look ahead as a, as a believer, isn't it? <clears throat> you know, to be, be reunited with our loved ones. You know, those, every person that's been in your past that's already gone to be with Jesus, they're going to be more in your future. Much more in your future than they've ever been in your past. So that's something to be excited about. But, uh, you know, everything, you know, the earth has been under a curse, but everything's going to come to perfection. God's purpose is to bring everything back to a place of perfection. Um, we're not going to get into all that, but, you know, there is a, uh, you know, there's a six-day. God, you know, God, what did he do? He worked for six days in creation, and seventh day he rested. You know, the, the earth has had six days. Six, a day is, is a thousand years. The earth has had six days, and now we're about to enter a seventh day of rest. <clears throat> you had the 2,000 years of chaos, 2,000 years under the law, then 2,000 years of the church age and, and the Messiah. Now uh, we're, about, we're about to end that, that period of time. This, this last 2,000 years is about over. Amen. And, uh, and so we are... Uh, we're on the, on the cusp, on the verge of a brand new existence, a brand new future that's so glorious we really can't fully imagine it. 
But we still have some time down here, right? <laughs> so we need to know how to live. We need to, uh, and we need to live victoriously. We need to be doers of God's word. And thank God there's no fear for us. That's what I want to point out again. No fear, no reason to be scared. And you know, our, our, that's why our life, our, our prayer life, everything about us does not need to be fear-oriented. Uh, you know, when we pray, it needs to be from a standpoint of, of confidence and boldness and no fear. You know, Brother Hagin used to tell a story of, uh, of uh, the, little, uh, the little older couple who had a, who had a, a son uh, later in life. They had a, had a, had a, had a son, he, and he was working the farm with them out in the field, and, and the storm came up, and it was like a tornado was on the horizon, and, and they were way out into the field, and, and, uh, and they, they got you know, they got concerned. They were hiding under the, uh, start hiding between the rows of corn and, and just crying out, Lord, go, please, God, don't, you know, protect. And the, and the little boy, he started running towards the house. And he, he turned around and said, you know, Dad, a, a scared prayer don't work. <laughs> Run. <laughs> and there's some truth to that. Scared prayers don't work. Praise the Lord. So everything we do doesn't need to be from a standpoint of fear. You know, I've, I've heard over the years, I've heard even minister, you know, ministers of the gospel get, get people stirred up in a way about the end times. It's, it brings fear into their life. You got people buying up, you know, uh, all the, the, the kind of food that will last a thousand years, you know, and storing it in basements and building shelters and you know, already got them a cave picked out, you know, and uh, somewhere where they can, might can go. Well, that's, that's not for the church. I said, that's not for the church. Amen. In fact, I want to talk about this morning, because uh, when you look at the book of Revelation and, and the letters to the churches, you know, in the first few chapters there, the seven churches and the letters to the messenger, to the, to the angel, to the pastor, actually, of the churches there. Uh, every one of those, every one of those churches, all seven of them, there's something in common. And that's the Lord telling them to he that overcomes. So Revelation is the book of last times, last things, last, you know, the end. And yet there's a message to all the churches that are going through trials and tests and, and, and tribulation and, and, and included in every one of those is common with every one uh, are, is a promise to those that overcome. Amen. And those, he gives eternal blessings, you know, a name given to you that no one else has. Uh, you know, you can be a pillar in the house of God. Different things that are eternal in value, but it's still there's, a, there's, there's something about that. God wants his kids here at the end overcoming. That just stood out to me as something that I believe the Lord planned in my heart to kind of, you know, in, in every area of life, every circumstance of life, we need to have the attitude, the spirit of an overcomer. And we can be an overcomer. Hallelujah. No matter what we face, no matter what comes our way, we are to, we're called to overcome. We're ordained to overcome. We are, you know, uh, Revelation 3, 21. That, this is one of those, you know, that uh, I referred to that there of the se- this is the last uh, of the seven churches led to see it. To him who overcomes, I'll grant to sit with me on my throne as I also overcame. See, Jesus is the overcomer. <clears throat> We're in him, aren't we? Well, that means it, automatic, it automatically there ought to be something in us, and there is something in us through the new birth, And that's an overcoming spirit. Those that are born of God overcome. John told us that in 1 John. So we've got the, we have the spirit of of an overcome. In fact, that word, you look it up in the Greek, overcame, it actually, it has to do with a perpetual overcoming. A continuous overcoming. Not just a one-time victory and then just go, you know, stop. No, it should be a life, perpetual overcoming. That should be our life. Even if we've been knocked down, we get up, we overcome. 
Whatever we face, we overcome. That should be our attitude, our mindset. We should have the spirit of an overcomer. Stir that up. That's what I'm doing this morning, stirring it up. I'm stirring up the overcomer on the inside of you through the word of God. Amen. And he tells, of course, he tells us all in Revelation 12, 11, that uh, they overcame him, overcame who? The devil, the adversary, who he was talking about, the adversary. How? By the blood of the lamb and the word of their testimony. See, we overcome because we have redemptive blessings and benefits. We overcome because we can use our faith and speak the word of God out of our mouth. Every believer can do that. Jesus died for everybody. His blood was shed for every believer. So you have power available to you through the blood of Jesus, through the redemptive work of Jesus and who you are in Christ. And you have victory through the words of your mouth in faith. So we're not to be victims. We're not to be living in fear. We're not to be, we're not to be the overcome ones. <laughs> Always being overcome by the circumstances. Our life is to be one of perpetual, continuous overcoming. That's not me. That's God to you. <laughs> that's Jesus to you. Just like the letters to the churches. That's, that's what he's saying to the church at harvest. Let's overcome. Continuously. Praise the Lord. You know, some people get confused with uh, certain prophecies, you know, and, and people talking about, you know, using certain areas of the Bible uh, to try to, that can sometimes scare people, make them think, you know, just like the church at Thessalonica thought they were going through the tribulation. Yeah. Well, you got people now today that you got preachers that'll tell you you're going to go through the tribulation as Christians. Well, you know, it's important. Again, let me just remind you of something here that in, in the, you need to know it's important concerning the word of God. Um, you need to know who's being addressed in scripture. You need to know who's being addressed. Uh, all the Bible, all the Bible is for the church, but not everything in the Bible is about the church or written directly to the church. It's for us. Everything in the Bible is for us. But you also need to know sometimes when, when, when the Jews are being spoken to, when the Gentiles or the nations are being spoken to, and we need to know when the church, and, if certain, and we need to know everything in the epistles is for us. But we have to rightly divide things in the Gospels and in the Old Testament to understand. It's just like we, we've referred to Matthew 24 and Luke 21 several times in this series. But you do realize, and I've, I've reminded you of that, even though there are principles in there that apply to us just before the tribulation, but those scriptures are not specifically addressed to us, the church. Jesus is talking to those that are going through the tribulation. He's talking to Jews, and he's referring to the Jewish time that's going to come into play during that seven-year tribulation after the church leaves in the rapture of the church. But yet some people teach Matthew 24 and Luke 20, and I, and I realize sometimes their heart is, they're, 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 they just don't have an understanding of who's being addressed there. But you can scare the bejeebers out of Christians if you tell them you got to run to the hills and hide, watch out for the rocks falling on you and, and, uh, and uh, you know, all, all the things that, that you can talk about about the tribulation, which is a time of wrath. The last half of it, specifically, a time of wrath. It's not a <laughs> so that's not, see, again, there should not be fear promoted in the believer. Jesus is not, he's getting ready to meet his bride, the glorious church. <laughs> well, no, 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 no decent groom the night before, the few days before the wedding, you know, we're going to have a wedding supper, right? No decent groom a few days before the wedding is going to take his, take his future wife out behind the barn and beat the bejeebers out of her. And pour out some wrath on her. So Jesus said, he's not going to put the church through the tribulation so that we can show up at the marriage supper all bloodied and beaten. 
Well, praise the Lord. The tribulation is a time of wrath. Revelation 6, 17 talks about the church. This is the church already in heaven. And he's talking about they did not, uh, they were not for the great day of his wrath. See, we're not, that the church is already, in other words, we're, not, we're going to be in heaven during the tribulation when the wrath is poured out. Romans 5, verses 8 and 9. The, uh, here, I'm just going to give you some verses here just to verify why you're not appointed to wrath. God demonstrates his own love toward us while we were yet sinners, still sinners. Christ died for us. Next verse. Much more than having now been justified by his blood, we shall be saved from wrath through him. We're going to be saved from the wrath. Don't let any preacher tell you you're going through the tribulation. I mean, don't, don't listen to that. You're not here for wrath. <laughs> You're saved from it. Next, uh, 1 Thessalonians 1. I'll give you several more here real quick. They themselves declare concerning us. Again, Paul had to address the believers there because they thought they were in the tribulation. What manner of entry we had to you and how you turned to God from us to serve the living uh, and true God, verse 10, and to wait for his son from heaven whom he raised from the dead, even Jesus, who delivers us from the wrath to come. You're delivered from the wrath to come because you're in Jesus. If Jesus was going to pour out wrath on the church, he's pouring it out on himself. You're in Christ. You've been delivered from wrath. Well, praise the Lord. 1 Thessalonians 5, 9. God did not appoint us to wrath, but to obtain eternal salvation through our Lord. Now, we know also that means eternal wrath, you know, as far as, uh, you know, the king, you know, being in hell or, you know, cast in the lake of fire forever. But, the, he, but this is also in reference to, again, because Paul had to deal with this with the, with the Christians there. Said you're you're not going through this wrath of the because the tribulation is a time of wrath. It's a time of Jacob's trouble. It's going to be a time of great intense pressure. Many will get saved, yes, because of the pressure. They didn't. Those that didn't receive the gospel uh, just by hearing it here, you know, uh, when they had an opportunity, there will be some, but they're going to be running for their life. Praise the Lord. See the church. You know, you know, again, I heard a guy one time said, you, you know, he used Matthew uh, 24, 27, talking about the light, as the lightning comes from the east and flashes to the west, so shall be the coming of the Son of Man. That's talking about at the end of the tribulation. When Jesus shows up on the mount, he blasts through the sky on the Mount of Olives. Listen, the rapture of the church, we meet him in the air. Nobody else sees him. You understand that? He catches the church away. We're going to be gone. Nobody's going to even know who, who, how, what, who, who, what? It's going to be so fast. Like Enoch. You realize there's been some raptures before. God knows how to do it. He hasn't lost the formula. And we're, all of a sudden we're going to, boom, we're going to appear, boom, gone. But when Jesus comes back at the end of the tribulation, whoa, whoa. <laughs> He'll split the sky because he's coming back with a sword in his mouth. With some different purpose in mind. So Matthew 24, again, is written to the Jews that are going to be here during that tribulation period when Jesus puts his feet on the ground at the Mount of Olives. Amen? Hallelujah. So no fear. We're to be demonstrating in this life as believers, no fear in the last days. We are overcomers in the last days. We're to be perpetually overcome. We are the triumphant church that doesn't change just because we get to the last days. The devil can't take, the Antichrist can't take over because the church is here. We have to be withdrawn for him to even be able to come into power during the tribulation period. 
because we have too much authority for him to do what he wants to do. If we'll use it. <laughs> Hallelujah. We're the triumphant church. Ephesians 1. Let's just look. This is just good to read over and over. Ephesians 1, uh, talking about the prayers. I pray, this is Paul's prayer, uh, that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give unto you the spirit of wisdom, revelation, and the knowledge of him. This is something I pray for myself. You should pray for yourself and for other believers. If they, especially if they're confused in their life or something, if they're a Christian, they don't, they may be wandering or don't know. The, this is something good to pray for them. They give unto them the spirit of wisdom, revelation, and the knowledge of him. But then he brings out some other truths here. Uh, let's read on here. Verse 18. The eyes of your understanding being enlightened that you may know what is the hope of his calling and what is the riches of the glory of our inheritance in the saint, as saints. We have an inheritance. A rich inheritance. Glorious inheritance as a child of God. And he goes on. Next verse, and what is the exceeding greatness of his power to usward who believe according to the working of his mighty power. (laughs) This resurrection power is so great, he doesn't even have enough superlatives really for it. His mighty power, exceeding great mighty power that what? Verse 20, which he wrought in Christ when he raised him from the dead, set him at his own right hand in the heavenly places. Far above, not, not just a little above, far above. All demonic powers, principalities, might, dominions of the enemy, and every name this name, not only in this world, but also that which is to come. Far above. Far above. And he did it for the church. Verse 22. Put all things under his feet. Well, if, if they're under his feet and I'm in Christ, it's under my feet. I'm talking about a triumphant church here. This is who we are right now. It doesn't stop just because we get to the last of the last days. We'll be triumphant right until Jesus appears in the sky and takes us with him, catches us away. And we're changed in a the, in the moment in the twinkling of an eye. Put all things under his feet. Gave him to be the head over all things Why? For the church, to the church, for the church, for our benefit. Hallelujah. This is our position. This is true about us right now. Glory to God. We've been given dominion. We've been given authority as the body of Christ. And he says in the next chapter, of of, of chapter 2, in Ephesians 2, 4, verse through four through six, God rich in mercies, great love wherewith he loved us. Uh, even when we were dead in sins, quickened us together, made us alive together by grace of your saving. Verse, verse six, and he raised us up together, made us sit together. Well, we're seated in the heavenly places in Christ as the triumphant church. We're seated in a position of authority and dominion of ruling and reigning. Should that put fear in any child of God? It doesn't matter if it's the last days or the first days. Or the last of the last days. We're the triumphant, victorious, overcoming church. But we have to know our position and operate from that revelation. If we don't operate from that revelation, we're not going to have the advantage of our position demonstrated. We have to take advantage of our position. Glory to God. The kingdom of darkness does not have authority over us. We have the position of joint seating with Jesus Christ. Amen. Now you may say, but that's not my present circumstance. I don't feel like, I mean, I'm not walking in that kind of victory. Well, that's why the only way we can rise above the circumstance is to take advantage of our, of our position through revelation knowledge. Through revelation knowledge of what the word says about our position, of who we are in Christ. Glory to God. Glory to God. So let's walk in that triumph. Let's walk as an overcomer. We can be an overcomer because we are already We're made to sit with Jesus, but we've got to make it our reality, our experience through revelation knowledge. 
You know, it's interesting, you know, like in James 5, you know, God chose, the Holy Spirit chose Elijah as an example of the last days, really, of, of prayer. And, and Elijah is a wonderful type. The Bible says he was man, a man of like passions as we are. That means he had weak spots. He had weak moments. He had failures in his, in his life. He wasn't perfected in the flesh. But the Bible still calls him a righteous man. And we're righteous through the blood of Jesus. And James, and, and, and James talks about how, uh, you know, Elijah, what did he do? He prayed and it didn't rain. That's authority. Then he prayed and it rained. Picture of authority. Dominion. And that's for the church. We, James is a picture of the last day, a type of the last day believer. So right up to the end, we ought to be walking in authority. Walking in dominion. Living as an overcomer. Praise God forevermore. You know, the Apostle Paul was a great example of one who uh, overcame circumstances that were, everybody faces circumstances, and we're going to face some. And if you're doing anything for God in the will of God, you're going to face some opposition. You know, Paul loved to use examples of, uh, like, he would use different examples of Olympics. Uh, he, he, talked to, he liked to talk about racing. Racing was, you know, in the big stadiums, foot racing was a big deal back then. You know, it was real popular. And so Paul used that example. I want you to see this in 1 Thessalonians chapter 2. 1 Thessalonians 2, verse 17. He said, brethren, we have, having been taken away from you uh, for a short time in presence, not in heart, we have endeavored more eagerly to see your face with great desire. He said, we want to come to you, and uh, I want to come be with you. Is what he's saying to the church at Thessalonica. Next verse. Therefore, we wanted to come to you, even I, Paul, time and again, but Satan hindered us. Do you know Paul got hit? Paul, the great man of faith and spirit of faith and, you know, the one that declared we walk by faith, the one who overcame jails and, and uh, all kinds of attacks, he was hindered. Now, that doesn't mean he was totally stopped. But he was hindered. We don't need to get so thrown off, just you want to throw in the towel, want to, want to have big, you know, several-year pity parties, all because we got hindered. Now, it's interesting, you look up that word, hindered. I did a little study on that. And it actually, one of the, defini- one of the meanings of the Greek word there describes in a race. That's why Paul, I say Paul used examples of a race at times. It describes, that word hindered describes in a race, someone running their race and then another coming up beside them and elbowing them out of the race, knocking them off course. That's That's the picture you can have of this here where Paul said, Satan hindered me. Satan came up and elbowed me to try to get me out of the race. <clears throat> it also has a definition. There's another meaning of it. It means an impasse, like you on the road. You're going down the road, and there's a, something that's kind of, a, you know, would cause the road to fall out or something. There's an impasse in the road. That's also what that word hindered means. But I like that picture of the guy trying to elbow you out of the race. Paul says, I faced that. He had to deal with that, but he overcame. He, he eventually got there. He overcame numerous obstacles in his, in his life and ministry. Well, if you're going to be an overcomer, guess what? You get to overcome some things. <laughs> you get to overcome the devil trying to hinder you, somebody trying to elbow you out of the race. <laughs> Praise the Lord. But God is so far you and on your side if you'll just stay in faith, stay in faith, stay with the purpose and the plan of God. Listen, we've had to do that over the 30 years of this, the life of this church. 
We've had hindrances. We've had impasses. We've had it in our personal life. We've had it in church. We've had different things where obstacles try to, you know, the, the devil, he's going to try to bring opposition to anything that you and I are doing in the will and plan of God. But he can't stop us unless we just throw in the towel, give up, have a five-year pity party, and just, just be, become a victim of circumstances and just say, I don't know, you know, just, just quit. Now, overcomers, they look at obstacles as an opportunity now. And this is how we need, this is how an overcomer needs to think that it doesn't matter what comes. I'm overcoming it. It doesn't matter if I have to stand here for a while. If I have to look at a closed door and stand on the word till it opens up. See, we're not supposed to be moved by closed doors. You should, there's some closed doors you need to laugh at. If you know God has put you in a certain place, called you to do something, and you're, or you're standing on God's promise for something, and it doesn't look like it's oh, going to work out, that, that, don't be moved by that. Overcomers are not moved by that. They're willing to stand, stay in faith, persevere, be steadfast on the word of God and on the plan of God. Hallelujah. See, the devil, Satan, he conspires. That's one, you know, he conspires against us. That's his name, it, mean, it, it just it means your know, adversary. It means a conspirer. He conspires against us. He hates us, and he'll try to hinder us and elbow us out of the race. But he can't do it if, we don't, if we'll just stay with the word of God. If we'll stay in faith. Hallelujah. Glory to God. You do understand the devil does not want you in the will of God. <clears throat> Praise the Lord. <clears throat> but we got to be tenacious. Last days. Be tenacious. Just determine. I'm, 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 I am a tenacious overcomer. I don't care. And I'm going to overcome perpetually. I don't care if I've not received answers in a certain area of my life. And I'm, I'm going to tell you this. I've determined I'm going to be found overcoming when Jesus comes back. Doesn't mean I may have overcome everything that I've had to deal with. I've had, you know, I mean, I, I'm going to be honest with you. There's things in my body. There are things, you know, that, that you know, negative reports you, you get. There are things that, uh, there are just things even in your own life. There may be, wh whether it's fears or, or, or just other things, in, blocks in your, you know, where you've, in your men mental issues where you've just not been, you've had a wrong mindset. Those are things when you recognize it, you need to determine, I'm at least going to be found overcoming that. When Jesus comes, I'm, there, may, I must be honest, there may not be every physical condition that the doctor says is, is a disease or a sickness or a something, some kind of condition in my body that I know I'm redeemed from. And it may not be out of my body yet, but I'm, I'm going to tell you this, I'm at least going to be endeavoring to overcome it. I'm going to be found as an overcomer. I'm planning on putting every one of those under my feet by the time Jesus comes back. That's my goal. In that area of my life, you know, there may be other areas in your life and different things. Attitudes, like I say, maybe you've had dealt with fear for, for years and years. That ought to be something when the Jesus comes back, you ought to be found fear-free. God has not given you a spirit of fear. <clears throat> Hallelujah. So we've got to claim and possess as an overcomer everything that Jesus says is ours and be found overcoming. To him that overcomes. If it was to the church, you know, and Jesus listed several things that were issues in different churches, you know. You read about that in, in Revelation 2 and 3. You can go through and read that. He, he dealt with different areas with each one of the churches. Areas where they need to overcome. Well, that, that lets us know there may be there are things in our life maybe we still need to overcome. 
And if there's, and you need to, we need to determine, we need to be, this is what I've had to come to grips. I'm going to be tenacious and on the offensive about anything that's in my life, in my body, in my family, in my, in, in my mind, anything that is contrary to the word of God that I know the Bible says I'm delivered from, that should not be in my life, whether it's a sin, a habit, uh, a disease, or whatever, I'm at least going to be found <laughs> in the process of overcoming it. Getting, just standing on the Word of God. Just keep confessing the Word of God. Why does the Bible say hold fast to your confession of faith? That's a last day admonition in, in Hebrews 10. Because he's talking a lot about things you do in the last days. Part of it is you got to hold fast to keep saying what the Word of God says is true about you. We got to have a spirit of faith that's, that's going to be relentless against the attacks of the enemy in our life. Hallelujah. And if you'll stay in faith, God will start working. So if you found God works things on your behalf anyway, when you'll stay with the word, not give up on what God has called you or, or put in your heart to do. Romans eight twenty eight. I know this verse has been misused by numerous people. People have used it to talk about how God sends sickness into your life or all this kind of nonsense. God doesn't bring the test. But he will take things, if you'll stay in faith and, st and stay true to his purpose and word, he'll take some things that the devil's meant for evil and he'll turn them, God will, for his glory and for your benefit. We know all things work together. That, uh, uh, that the words work together in the Greek, that's one word, sunergeo, and it's it's really what it means, a divine assistance, working, and energy. <clears throat> Glory to God. I like that. I like, I like to know that the energy, divine energy, is assisting me. If I stay, if I stay true to the purpose of God's word, amen, stay in faith. See, this isn't just for somebody that's just, Living in, you know, just, just living in darkness as a Christian and not serving God. <clears throat> it's for those that are called according to his, no, they're staying in his purpose and plan. Part of his purpose is to walk by faith, not by sight. <clears throat> That's part of the purpose of God for every one of us. To just live by. They don't occasionally get by with, but they live by what? Faith. That's the purpose. It's part of your purpose. So if you're living by faith, walking by faith, staying in faith, staying true to the purpose that you see in the word for your life and what God put in your spirit that is his will, purpose for you, you can trust if you'll stay with it, stay in faith, you can know divine energy is going to assist you to turn the things that the devil meant for, to defeat you and elbow you out of the race. God will turn it with his energy for your good. I've seen that happen in our life. I've had, we've been around long enough now to see it. <laughs> Things the devil's meant for evil. God's, man, God was able to turn it because we just, Lord, I'm going to stay with your word. We're going to stay with your plan. And, and it makes me stronger. There are certain things that will make you stronger. Now, tests, tests in and of themselves don't make you strong until you stay in faith in them. Some tests will whip you. You know, some people face tests and they become, you know, little wet noodles the rest of their life, spiritually. Feel sorry for themselves for the next 30 years. Hold grudges, get offended. But you can take a test, though, if you'll do it in God and do it with, according to his purpose do it because you love God and you're going to stay with his plan and his word and trust him to turn that and his divine energy will assist you and work it for your good. You come out victorious. You come out stronger. You come out standing tall on the word of God with confidence that God has worked on your behalf. 
and giving you a testimony to slap the devil around with. You don't get testimonies without some tests. But it's how you face it and how you, how you, you know, your approach to it. Are you going to be an overcomer or not? Are you going to tap into that divine energy and assistance or not? Hallelujah. Praise God. Don't faint on the day of adversity. Refuse to be overcome by that which you have already overcome in Christ. Refuse to be overcome by that which you've already overcome by being in Christ. Because the devil's still going to try to overcome you with things. He's out to steal, kill, and destroy. He still has a legal right to be here as the God of this world till, the, till Adam's lease runs out. Amen. But he can't whip us unless we just give him place. <clears throat> and we've got to stay true to the word of God in our mind, in our, in our attitudes, and in our faith. Now down further in Romans 8, let's look at another verse here real quick. Romans 8, verse 37. This depicts the kind of victors we really are. I, I love this verse because, you know, I look, when you look a little further into it here, it's just wonderful. Yet in all these things, he's talking about things, Paul's talking about things that have come against him. Attacks, persecutions, the devil trying to kill him, all, all kind of stuff. All these things, we are what? More than conquerors. He could have just said conquerors, but he said more than. That's an amazing phrase right there, more than conquerors. Through him, not in your own self, it's through Christ. It's in him. Hallelujah. All these things the devil conspires against us to try to elbow us out of the race. We're more than conquerors. We're more than conquerors. Hallelujah. Okay, the words more than in the Greek. I'm going to break this down just because it's such a powerful thing to see. It's the word hooper, the Greek word, and it means over and above and beyond. Over, above, and beyond. It depicts something way beyond measure. It conveys, uh, you know, greater, higher, better, utmost, foremost, paramount, First-rate, unrivaled, unequaled, unsurpassed by anything. Glory. The, the Amplified says, amidst all these things, we are more than conquerors and gain a surpassing victory. Hallelujah. You know, the word hooper is, is also where you know, we, derive, we derive the word super from it. You know, you, this, is, this, this super is a whole lot bigger than any bowl they're going to be playing today. This is real super. Hooper super. Hallelujah. Greater, higher, better, utmost, foremost, surpassing, unrivaled, way beyond measure. That's the kind of conquerors, that's the, the word Paul used to describe the kind of overcomers and conquerors we are in Christ. It may go off on you about three or four this afternoon. And you'll go, what? Because you're just looking at me now like a cow at a new gate. I don't know what, you don't know. You don't know if you want to eat that or not. I don't, you know, something, but praise the Lord. Paul uses, he, he had to put these words together, hooper, conquerors, greater, superior, more than a match for any foe, glory to God, paramount, top-notch. These are all can be descri descriptions and, 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 and commentary. I saw uh, these are all descriptions of that word hooper. More than. That's just the more than. The, the word conquerors in the Greek is the word nikos. 
You know, you've heard of Nikes, right? Victors. It means a champion, an overcomer, a victor, an overwhelming, prevailing force. One altogether victorious. That's the word conqueror. You put those two words together, it's beyond the pale. It kind of sounds like far above where you're seated with Jesus, you know, exceeding abundantly above type of position we have in Christ and victory that we have in Christ. The word Nikos, it means a champion, an overcomer. See, that's who you already are in him. In fact, you're more than that. You're hooper, hyper, way beyond the measure of a victor. Bigger than a victor. <laughs> Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. That's why we have to develop the spirit of a conqueror and a victor. So these words put together bring something even so strong that we can't really fully wrap our minds around it, but we need to begin to act like we are, the, we are beyond victorious in Christ. Think that way, that nothing, no circumstance, no elbow of the devil can move me off of the word, the plan, the promise, that which I have my eyes set on to receive from God. Glory to God. Glory to God. So in Christ, we are overwhelming conquerors. Enormous, beyond the pale, <laughs> phenomenal conquerors. A conquering force. Hooper Nikes. More than conquerors. That's you. I said, that's you. And it's for the last days. And the last of the last days. Glory to God. Even, I don't care what the enemies conspired against you. To try to take you down, take you out, move you off the plan. He cannot do it unless you just quit and let, give in. Think stupid. Get, think contrary to the word of God, not realize who you are, not recognizing who God has made you to be in Christ. See, God can turn any circumstance around. And bring good out of it for you and bring him glory. But you can't quit. You can't stop. You got to have the spirit of an overcomer. You know, I, I, love, I, I was reminded of this testimony from a, one of our Rama grads in Norway. Actually, he was part of a team that was in Panama, a mission trip. <clears throat> and uh, and he, the leader of that group, a Rama, head of the, a Rama pastor over there in Norway, he, he, was, he was there. And, and uh, someone talked to him about this witch doctor in town, uh, in the city that they were in in Panama, this witch doctor, this that would come into the city and he would do things and put curses on people. And even in church, even in some of the churches there, and, and people would end up falling dead. They would get, they would start bleeding out of their eyes and, uh, and ears and just fall right, just fall dead. And so this minister, this Raymond guy, he said, well, you know, I want to, I want to meet this guy. And people were like, no, you don't, you don't want to do that. But he said, yes, I do. He, he was led by the Spirit. He said, I, I do. I want to meet him. And he said, uh, uh, now, and people tried to warn him. He said, now, you're going to feel cold in your chest and in your arms when you get around this guy. And, uh, uh, and, he, and then he got to meet him. He did. Somebody took him to him. He met him. He said, that it started happening. He started feeling cold in his chest and his arm. But then he grabbed the guy. By, he, he wouldn't give in to that. And he grabbed, that, grabbed the wish doctor on his arms. Uh, and, and he said, let me, let me see exactly what he said. He said, uh, he said, there's still hope for you. 
that, that guy wasn't used to somebody confronting him and, and even being bold and actually showing that he cared for him. And uh, well, that team had been in the area, his, this guy's ministry team been there for like a week or so now. And about 10 days later, this, this witch doctor comes and shows up at one of their meetings in the village. And he stood before him. Everybody, most people were scared. They kind of backed off, but he, he, this minister knew he, something was different about him. And he walked in, and here's what he said. He said, I have heard this heralded out in the realm of the spirit. Demons crying out. <clears throat> the sons of Almighty God have come into our village, and they say the words of God, and everything they say is just as though God is saying it, and there is nothing we can do about it. And that wish doctor fell on his knees right there and got, and somebody prayed for him, got, got him born again. But even the demons, he said, in this area recognize these words are from God in this area now, and there's nothing we can do about it. But you got Christians that are run scared from the devil if he just sneezes through somebody or something. You know, he just people are scared. They're, they, they're in, we don't have to fear this defeated devil. We're seated far above him and all principalities and powers. Praise God forevermore. We need to recognize we have this kind of authority in Christ. We need to have the spirit of an overcomer. So even if you miss it, even if you fall short, get up. <laughs> get up. Don't give in to that. The blood of Jesus is greater. The power of God's greater. The plan of God's greater. The victory of God's greater than anything you could have done. The Apostle Paul, let me look at Philippians 3 real quick, verses 12 through 14. Not that I've already attained. Paul even said, the great apostle Paul, I haven't attained. I haven't reached everything yet. I'm not already perfected, but I press on. That's a spirit, that's a spirit of an overcomer, isn't it? That's the kind of spirit we can adopt and stir up in our lives. I press on that I may lay hold of that which Christ also laid hold of us for. We can lay hold of what God did for us in Christ. Let's read those next. Uh, Brethren, I don't count myself to have apprehended. But one thing I do, forgetting the things that are behind, reach forth to the things before. This is what an overcomer does. He doesn't look back. He says, I've got things ahead I've got to conquer. Things I have to accomplish for God. I press toward the goal for the prize. Amen. Sounds like the runner running through the tape on the, on, on the race not letting the guy elbow him out of the race. Sounds like a conqueror here, one that's more than a conqueror, one that's overcome. Hallelujah. That upward call of God in Christ. Praise the Lord. This is a last day's exhortation for us right now. If we're going to be conquerors and overcome, we've got to, you're going to have to forget the things behind, realize you haven't apprehended everything yet, you got to get up if you miss it and, and, if, and have not achieved every desire yet that you have in Christ. you got to keep moving forward. You have super, hooper, victorious ability on your behalf. Made available. Who you are in Christ. To get the victory every time. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Write down one more scripture here. I let, we'll briefly read it. Second Peter three seventeen. This, excuse me. He was talking about. This was in the context of last days, earlier in the chapter. He says, "Let me warn you, therefore, beloved, that knowing these things beforehand, you should be on your guard, lest you be carried away by the error of lawless, wicked persons." I want you to see this last part of this verse, and fall from your own present firm condition, your own steadfastness. Of mind. It's going to take believers with steadfast minds, steadfastness about being an overcomer, steadfastness about who you are in Christ, no matter what comes our way, 
no matter what circumstances we, we have to, no matter how, how often the devil tries to elbow you out of the race, you're steadfast in your mind. No, I'm an overcomer. I'm more, I'm a hooper, nikes conqueror. I'm more than a conqueror. I have God's divine energy and power working on my behalf. And he's going to turn everything for my benefit. Well, praise God. So don't relent. Don't back off. Don't fall away. Stay in faith. Be, in, be that overcomer. We're going to be that overcomer, right? Praise God. Hallelujah. Keep yourself stirred up along these lines. Keep yourself stirred up. Talk it. Even when you don't feel it, talk the word. Talk about who you are in Christ. Talk about that you're seated far above. This will affect your prayer life. You won't be having them scared prayers that don't, don't get nothing done, you know. Victorious prayers, victorious living. That's what we're called to. You're called to be an overcomer, not to be overcome by anything in this world in these last days. Amen? Amen. Hallelujah. Everybody stand up. Praise the Lord. Father, we praise you. We thank you for who you've made us to be. Father, we thank you that there's no weapon of the enemy. There's no force of Satan that's designed against us that can prosper against your purpose and plan for our life, your promises for our life. We thank you that you made us more than conquerors, that you turn things for our benefit as we stay in faith and stay focused on your purpose and plan. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Thank you for that divine assistance and energy as we look to you. And thank you for your word. Thank you for your purpose. Thank you for your plan. Hallelujah. The Lord wants to turn some things around for folks in here. Things that you thought were too big. This is too difficult. <laughs> and the enemy seems to have had a too big a place in this situation. But the Spirit of God is letting you know this morning and letting you know right now again that there's nothing too difficult for me. Nothing too hard that I can't deal with if you let me. If you'll continue to give me place by resting in my word, standing firm and don't be discouraged about what I have already said, you'll see my hand at work and my purposes will be revealed and my plan will be fulfilled and my glory will rest upon you and on that which I have called you and ordained for you to do. And I will turn things in line with my will and purpose for you that will cause great gladness and rejoicing and cause others to see my hand at work in you and the blessings of the Lord will flow. <laughs> oh, glory to God. And others will know that I have worked on your behalf. Glory to God. Glory to God. Well, give him praise and glory this morning. Thank him that he's working in your life, in your circumstances. You purpose that you're keeping your eyes, your mind, your focus on him. For he's bringing his will to pass, and you're staying in the race. <laughs> and you'll cross the finish line at last. <laughs> with the devil under your feet. Glory to God in full retreat. <laughs> Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. <laughs> Praise God. Praise God. Amen. Well, the Lord is good, isn't he? 
He's for you. He's on your side. Always know that. He's working on your behalf. You can't lose. And you're the victor. You're the overcomer. Now until Jesus comes. Staying in that position. Nothing going to move me. He can't elbow me out of my lane. I'm staying in the race. I'm keeping my eyes on the prize. I can't be defeated. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Last days are exciting days. Victory days. Overcoming days. Not depressed, fearful days. We get to see the hand of the Lord. We get to see the kingdom of God grow. We get to see the glory of God begin to be revealed in greater measures. We're going to see it. We're going to taste it that the Lord is good in these last days. We're in a special position in a special time. No one else in creation has ever got to stand in this hour you're standing in. And you're here for such a time as this. For the glory of God. For God to be glorified in you and through you and us. For his purposes. My, 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 my. How dare us. How dare us think small or think timid or think, oh, no, how's it going to happen? No. Where we're seated, our view is one of absolute victory and authority. Ruling and reigning in this life. Thank you, Father. Well, give him praise one more time. (laughs) Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Father, for who you've made us to be in Jesus, for the victory, the authority, overcomers by the blood of the Lamb and the word of our testimony. Thank you, Father. Amen, amen, amen.